and welcome to our second of the team preview podcast for the pod pod. It is your boy Dossie here talking all things AFL fantasy with the pod squad. We have a bunch of hats in the room, minus yours truly, but we have five-time top 100 finisher, the Statesman. We've got John Harmy, two-time top 10 finisher, as well as Holmesy, who's also a two-time top 10 finisher. We've got a lot of experience in the room. Uh, I think I was a top 3,000 finisher last year, so you've got my help as well. But we are talking North Melbourne Kangaroos. And, and when I was looking at some of these players in the fantasy team, there's a lot of relevant people and there's a lot of fantasy coaches right now keen on a bunch of ruse, despite coming second last on the ladder. We're going in reverse ladder order for our team previews. Let's talk about some of the team numbers before we crack in, lads. 17th on the ladder, 16th for AFL fantasy points scored, third for rebound 50s, though, plenty of ball in that back line, six most for handballs. Similar to our last team, West Coast, they preferred handballing over kicking. Eighth most, eighth best, sorry, for clearances. So the midfield, not terrible in comparison. I mean, comparing West Coast, they were dead last for clearances. So their midfield still got a little bit of, of the job done, uh, but plenty of work to do this year for North Melbourne. They were shocking. But, lads, first of all, first and foremost, can we see with a full season of Clarko, a bit of improvement from North Melbourne this year, Stato. What do you reckon? They've done a few few moves in the off-season as well. They've got a lot of talent, so there's every chance. But the talent is young. That becomes a bit of a challenge. Uh, so it depends on how well they can click, uh, how long it takes, but the, the talent's certainly there. The only thing I've got a question mark about is the tools, how much depth, how much talent have they got in the tool? So their small brigade, their midfielders, their flankers uh, look very talented and look like it become a really good team. Um, how their tall stand up. That's why I was interested to go back a couple of years ago now for uh, a couple of players. Their first two picks were uh, Will Phillips and Powell. Uh, so they went those smalls when they had some really good um, quality key stock and they did it again this year. They've got another two smalls and they've missed out on someone like Curtin who may be on a structure of footy sense, uh, may be a little bit more of the third rather than the key. Um, so that might be um, part of the reason why, but they missed out on those tools when they were available. Um, not that they're absolute superstars at this stage, but they could turn out to be. We know that our tools take a little bit longer. Got Toby Pink, though. Missed out on Curtin, got Toby Pink. Yeah, a win-win. <laughs> and Harmy, what do you reckon? Uh, is a full season of Clarko at the helm going to change their fantasy prospects as well for a few of our favourites in this team? Well, I hope that they do because I feel a bit sick in the stomach saying this, mate, but I actually like quite a lot of the North Melbourne players from yeah. a fantasy perspective. Yeah, there is a lot to like and let's let's talk about their trade period first and, and talk about some of the players they brought in and how those prospects might affect AFL fantasy. Ins for North Melbourne in the offseason. Zach Fisher coming across from Carlton. Dylan Stevens. A high draft pick a few years ago from Sydney Swans coming across as well. We've also got Big Al Nguyen, who I don't know too much about at all, but came in as well. And then, of course, their top draft picks who are already very popular in Fantasy Classic. Colby McKercher from Tassie. 
and uh, the great man from Tassie. And then uh, Zane Dersma as well, brother of, um, as well as a bunch of other picks. Some notable outs. Ben Cunnington retiring there after a solid career at North. Todd Goldstein heading away to Essendon. Aaron Hall, who was a fantasy superstar at times during his career, he's gone. Ben Mackay went off to Essendon. And Jack Zebel, who went out with a bang in his final year, just absolutely killed it in the defensive line, especially early last year. He's also gone. First of all, we've got our buy expert on. It's Stato. Is the buy round a concern with the opening round for North Melbourne? They don't play in the opening round, I don't think. So is a buy round a concern without that? No, not at all. You can back yourself in. Um, Again, I don't think there's too many, a little bit like West Coast, I don't think there's too many they're going to be long-term keepers. You're going to be making a bit of cash, bit of value, um, so keeping them up to the buy might be A-OK. We saw Sheasel last year in his rookie year, would you believe, um, being a, a keeper. I think many would have traded him out throughout the year because he made you the cash and had a couple of down games. Um, but uh, I wouldn't have thought there would be too many on this list. LDU's one, but can his body sustain a, a full season is a bit of a question mark. All right. Well, let's talk through some of the more popular picks from North Melbourne. And I've defined this. We're going through all the teams the same way. So the popular picks are 10% plus. And starting out, Colby McKercher is the most popular player for North Melbourne, perhaps not surprisingly. So $297,000 mid forward. And just looking at some of his draft numbers, really outstanding fantasy prospect. In the state league last year for the talent league, so this is the rookie rookie stuff, 112 AFL fantasy points in that league, averaging a whopping amount of disposals. I think it's up near 30, five marks, four tackles, so hits all those stat lines. And then in the under-18 championships as well, playing for the Allies, he played four games, averaged 32 touches, six marks, four tackles, 117 fantasy points. As a Tassie man, Harmy, are you pretty keen for the prospects of McKercher in his debut season? Oh, absolutely, mate. He'll be as close to 100% on as you can get, I reckon. So I remember him as a as a as a young kid, um, and sort of knew his old man. So he, he'll, uh, I reckon, he'll be hitting it in there with a cracking attitude, and they will love him at the club. So I expect him to have a, a good year. Yeah, there's also been s- similar. Um, Stats, uh, sorry, similar discussion around him playing in that Harley Reid mould who's just recently been said he's going to be playing halfback. There is some talk that he could do similar stuff. And I think, uh, in fact, the first person I heard that from was uh, old Calvinator at uh, the Traders, who's certainly a big fan of the young man, um, knew him growing up as well, similar to the, all the Tassie folk have their finger on the pulse. But Stato, you you are wanting to jump in there as well, mate. You're pretty keen on Colby McKercher in our starting squads. Oh, just harm his claim to fame with Colby. He's not quite <laughs> as good as cows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, funny funny story actually. During their Traders live show um, last year, so in 2023, I think it was, when was that? Early in the season or even before it started. Um having a few beers afterwards with with the boys and Calvin went after a few froffies said, look out for this bloke. I, I hadn't even heard his name yet, of course. Put it in my notes in my phone and then I remember 
at the time, he was only projected to go at 15th in the in the mock draft that I saw at the time. So he skyrocketed it up late. And, uh, yeah, it's great to see that come to fruition. I think we're all going to slot him in our starting sides. Excuse me. Zane Dersmer at 291,000 mid-forward. Holmesy, I want to get your thoughts on him. But first, I'll just give you some of the numbers. So Vic Country in the under-18 championships, four games played, not a stack of uh, not a stack of it. Fifteen touches, four marks, three tackles, seventy six fantasy points. And these numbers, by the way, are coming to you from the Keeper League pod. But in the Talent League, he was a fairly solid contributor, getting the outside ball, lots of kicks again, thirteen kicks, only six handballs, but racking them up, six marks, hundred and one fantasy points off the back of nearly three goals a game. So Holmesy, some pretty good numbers. But uh, what do you think about him and your starting squad? He's pretty expensive. Yeah, at this point in time, Dossie is not one for me. Uh, I think listening to his numbers and without seeing him play, obviously, it sounds like he's more of an impact player, forward of centre and playing for North Melbourne in a in a rebuilding side. I'm not sure there's going to be as, as easy outside ball as what he might have got in the under-18 championship. So I think there's probably going to be better options at a lower price point uh, rookie-wise in the forward line for us at this stage. But once again, I am looking forward to seeing him play in the preseason. And if he does get a gig round one, then he will need to be considered. Any inside goss there, Harmy, on the Tassie front? Do you know his dad? What's the go? <laughs> no, I know his brother. He plays for Essendon, so he's going for a good career too. <laughs> no, I need that inside goss. Unfortunately, not a Tassie boy. All right, let's get to some of the next popular picks. Surprisingly, again, Toby Pink. This is your man, Harmy. 33% owned, 200K defender. What can you tell us about Toby Pink? Well, I guess I could tell you that um, if he's taking Harry Mackay's spot, oh, um, Ben Mackay's spot, who averaged 40 last year, had some scores in the, in the uh, teens, I'd say that's probably not uh, pointing towards a high rate of scoring for your fantasy team this season, Dossie. 200K, though. Do you reckon he'll, yeah. he'll be able to take a spot? Because all we need him to do is play, mate. Yeah, and he'd probably make 50,000, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a flag on those 33% of coaches keen on Toby Pink, perhaps a little bit too highly owned there, according to Harmy. Let's get to one of the really relevant players, and he is a popular pick as well, 19% owned at the moment. And obviously, these these numbers are we're very early in the season, but I'm just looking at where the, where the pulse is at the moment in the fantasy community. Tristan Sherry, the Ruckman, $580,000. I did mention at the top of the show, obviously, Todd Goldstein out of the picture finally. Moving on to Essendon, you'd think that Cherry's got the full-time Ruck roll Stato to himself and at 580000 that's just dirt cheap for a bloke that has showed some fantasy signs in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And um, look, he's in my team straight away. Um, look, he's not there as a as a keeper. He's there to to make cash. Hasn't got one of the early buys. Gives me a good look at everything else that's going on. Uh, we know he's going to be the number one ruckman as long as he's fully fit. Does the the preseason games without a hitch? He's there. Um, I'm, I'm going Gorn, Gorn or, or Grundy, um, most likely Grundy at this point. So I'm, I'm happy to take on one of the rounds five or six, but not keen on the two or three. Um, and it lets allows me a little bit of time to see if there's a regression in price for either Marshall uh, and or um, uh, English. 
Okay. Uh, any other thoughts? Yes, Holmesy on Cherry, because this is a big talking point, I think, uh, our ruck lines and just the value he presents, but also the conundrum of who else you're going to pick in those, those R1 and R2. Yeah, I was just going to come in off the back of Stato's um, point just there, all all really valid. And the news coming out today that Tim English uh, hasn't been in full training or contact training uh, the entire preseason. And even now he's dealing with some, uh, they've, they've named it medical issues that aren't related to training. So reading between the lines there, there's something pretty serious going on. They do um, estimate that he'll be fit come, you know, early February, but that's a bit of a red flag there. So he maybe English potentially starts the season a little bit slower. Tristan Cherry gets his price up nicely and then you can, uh, like Stato said, get up to either English or Marshall um, around just before the buys and, and lock in your second keeper there. I was just going to say uh, there, there are a few small flags um, with Cherry. Jerry, but uh, price at 66, I can't see him going below it. So he's going to make money. It's just about what sort of um, uh, increase he's going to have. Yeah. All right, moving on to another popular pick here, and he was the dominant rookie last season, Harry Sheasel, $878,000 now. Can you pick him in his second year, Holmesy? 17% owned, lots of people keen to pick him up. Defensive status, Obviously, we saw how well he could go back there, and, and now Zebel's out of the picture as well. So is Aaron Hall, the other guys back there that usually racked it up. Harry Sheasel might have that D50 to his own, or does he have a bit of a position change in mind? What are your thoughts, Holmesy? Yeah, well, that's the thing, Dossian. I've been listening to, to Stato and Stevie Fizz talk about this a little bit as well. I think Harry Sheasel potentially has one of the, the greater variances of, of outcomes. If he continues in that half-back role, which he won the best and fairest last year, uh, there's no reason that he can't be a Dacos 2.0 and, and push that 97 upwards. Uh, but personally, I think that uh, his development will be that he starts to move more into the midfield and forward line to get him a little bit more damaging up the ground. And if that is the case, then I, I will predict a little bit of regression from Sheasel because it's going to be pretty hard to go north of 97 as a midfielder playing for, for the Kangaroos. But as always, it's a big preseason watch to see what his role is, but he's an absolute gun. And whether we whether we get him this year or, or we're looking in the future, he's going to be a big part of our fantasy teams at some point in his career. It is a tough one. We saw we saw Nick Dacos take his unbelievable game to even new heights, even bigger heights in his second year. Could Harmy, could he do the same? I probably tend to sit on Holmes' side here and just think, where's the points coming from? He already had that amazing role. But if he's playing defense, um, could be juicy as well. I think, you know, going back before he made the AFL, Nick Dacos was a midfielder and pumping out massive scores. And that wasn't really Harry Sheasel. But Harry Sheasel's first year... I'm going to say is better than Nick Dacos. I think he averaged more than Dacos in his first year. He did. So, and he had some quite low scores. I think there's a couple of scores he either got tagged or he played forward or something. So, geez, maybe if we drop them out, what did he have? We probably averaged over 100, Dossie. Yeah, well, that's the thing though. He got tagged and that could be something we also see in the future. And like you said, he did play a little bit of forward at times and showed that it wasn't the same fruitful scoring that we get when he played in that halfback juicy role. Um, yeah, I think you're right in, in saying what Stato and Stevie Fizz have been talking about in that high level of variance, Holmesy. That's just about where we have him at the moment. And even if you're trying to pick him, he's the sort of player that has to be a keeper. And if there's going to be variance through the season and then testing some new positions, 
it, it'd be a risky starting pick. Let's move on to another popular pick. Zach Fisher, $623,000. Got the mid what was his mid-forward eligibility, I think, at 13% ownership? Pretty high, highly owned, but... Purely forward, Dossie. Purely forward. Okay, that's that's juicier for me. And then he's also obviously pegged to play in a halfback role or at least in the back line, picking up some cheapies back there. So, Stato, we haven't talked to you in a bit. Are you keen on some Zach Fisher? And then we'll throw to Holmesy because he's keen to have a chat as well. Yeah, I, I, again, it's one I want to see, but all the words and all the talk has been absolutely positive so far. Um, obviously, Hall, Zeeble uh, out, possibly Sheasel out. It means there are a couple of positions available in that defensive line. Uh, we know he played uh, a bit at AFL and did a fair bit in VFL uh, in this position, so obviously taking over and getting a bit of age and experience there in a role that he's played. So I'm pretty keen, I'll be honest. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing that makes Zach Fisher a very viable option for us is if the Kangaroos play a similar game style to what they did last year. If we have a look at the top averaging players for North Melbourne last year, we had LDU first, obviously he's a gun, but then we go down the list, we had Sheasel, Hall, who obviously didn't play many games, but then Zeeble, Bailey Scott. So all of a sudden, there's four out of your top five players that were defenders. You had Taron Thomas coming in next, who played a little bit of halfback, but moved into the midfield late. Liam Shields and then Luke McDonald. So all of these, the top averaging players for North, all spent considerable considerable time uh, in the back line for North. And I think that's how they're going to play. They might say that they're going to come out and play a lot quicker to start until the season actually gets rolling and, and they need to change things up a little bit. So I'm interested in Fisher for that reason, if he does have the halfback role. But I am a little bit, not cautious, but what can he get to? I think if he gets to 85 with the lack of forward options we have, I think that's probably a win. Uh, but if he's less than that, then maybe it's a bit of a nothing pick. So what do you think, Harmy? What, do you, what can you see Zach Fisher getting to? if he does have the halfback role. And we play a little bit of hypothetical that say Sheasel's gone into the midfield as well. Uh, yeah, look, I'm pretty keen on the role. Um, they pursued him as well. You know, like you've got to think they chased him uh, to get him to cross. So priced at 69, if you have a look at the um, last, what, last five scores he got um, at the end of the season last year, before he got dropped again though, mind you, um, he was averaging sort of in the mid-90s. So I just think that he's um, he's going to be over 80 if he's got a plum roll and uh, that's pretty close to a top six forward at this point in time. So I am keen. All right, an interesting name to be thrown around at this time of year, Zach Fisher. I'm also pretty keen. Just the, just the forward status, if you're playing defense and given our lack of forwards, I think he's got to be a name we talk about. And finally, LDU, Luke Davies-Uniac, another popular pick, over 10% owned. So that's seven players for North with over 10% ownership. At this time of year, obviously, things are going to change. I'm fully aware of that. 879,000, though, Stato. We all know I'm a massive fan of LDU. Hits all stat lines, probably plays every single centre bounce just about, plays huge time on ground when healthy. Um, do you think there's some value in him as well, given he had, you know, there was ups and downs last year? Can he come through for a monster breakout this year and really be worth it as a starting pick? He's in my team at the moment, Doss. Oh, there we I'm, go. I've got to find a way to get him out um, <laughs> because he, he burnt me 
not once, not twice, but three yeah. times last year. And I don't know if I want to live through that pain for someone that I I don't think's a, a top eight. I know there's potentially a bit of value priced at ninety seven, but fourteen games last year. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a good player, but I, I don't know if I want to live through that experience again. Um, um, Harmy, do you, do you want to live through that? I just remember that laid out. I was sitting there doing uh, something with the kids. Oh, thought I'll just check out. the scores here. The laid out. Check the scores here against Hawthorne. Oh. You should go all right here. Oh no, zero instead. <laughs> oh, that was look. the latest late. Yeah, it wasn't cool. But um, hey, state, oh, of, state of yeah. sorry, Harmy. Would it be worse though if you lived through that last year and then you don't pick him this year and he ends up being a, a top, you know, five to eight midfielder? That would be worse. He's got all the potential in the world. He he really does. You feel like he's going to have a year where he's he's at the top end of the comp. If he averaged seventy eight, and that's what I was paying for, I, I'd I'd quite happily go with that burden. But the upside being, you know, a max five to ten points, I don't know if I want to live it. Okay. He's currently there. Uh, I've just yeah. got to find. You know, I'm really I'm, honestly, I'm struggling to find the primos I want him my midfield and looking for people that have got a bit of value still concerns me with it, with the change of style a little bit and what he went through last year and the fact that um, he played through an injury. He had uh, an operation uh, after the season, so that's why he's a little bit slow. So his preparation's not perfect. Uh, Laird, I, I don't know if we're starting to see the sort of the crumbling bit. Uh, I think Gould and, and Dawson uh, regress a little bit. So I'll keep looking at going, who's actually going to be in that midfield of mine um, that is a primo with a bit of value? And, God, there's a lot of question marks at the moment. I'm not overly excited about my squad. Mm, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the big dogs, though, Stato. I'm not overly excited about your squad either. So, um dear. <laughs> <laughs> LDU was the big dog from last year. Holmesy mentioned them before. Sheasel was the second biggest. We've talked about him already. Uh, three biggest, highest averaging, sorry. And then Bailey Scott of the remaining players is the third highest kangaroo averaging, 86 last year, 85 and a half. Harmy, you're shaking your head. The bloke came home like a steam train, 105 average in his last five. That's a fair bit of upside playing on the wing, but you don't like that role as a high-scoring, consistent player. He's broken out, mate. Move on to the next generation. We want to see the value players. Okay. Well, there was 20 points upside in that last five games, though, mate. <laughs> He's not going to do it. <laughs> Bit hard as mid-only, Dossie. Bit hard as mid-only. You guys are looking at Carl uh, Lehman, although I get it. You want the defensive status, but similar bracket, similar upside. Just, just saying. Uh, let's look at the other guys. Super popular in niche fantasy circles, I would say, is Jai Simpkin. So who wants to talk about Jai Simpkin? He, he's been talked about a lot in our circles. Um, clearly not as highly owned as these other players, though. But Jai Simpkin, very cheaply priced in the $600,000 bracket. I'll get his exact price up in a sec. But uh, who wants it's to talk about It's priced about seventy four, seventy five. Well, Harmy, you take it away then, mate. Uh, he's, he's priced about 74 75 and that's because he's had injured scores and missed chunks of the season. Uh, 
I guess, Dato, if you're questioning what the upside is at the top end of the market, then this is a guy that's he's going to have 10 points upside. So if you're a little bit uncertain, you can put him in as somebody that doesn't have an early buy. He's going to make you money until you get the uh, those people that you are keen on popping. So I think he's not a bad stepping stone option. He, he won't be there as a keeper, but he's still not a bad pick, I don't think. I think he's been talked about a lot in our chat or in various people that I've been talking to just because back a couple of years ago, it was him and LDU just getting every centre bounce attendance. And obviously, like you said, injuries, mishaps, Simpkin didn't didn't go in there. He's still, isn't he? Is he co-captain as well? He He's right yeah. up there in the leadership group. He is co-captain. So, I mean, I think he's he will have the role. And if you are keen, I just always, whenever I've owned him, he's burnt me as well. Like I've had a 15 with him in my squad as well. So he's one of these guys that does, you know, occasionally get injured and occasionally get these weird things go on. So that's the only thing I, that's holding me back. But Holmes, a huge upside for Simpkin from your end as well. Uh, I don't think there's huge upside. I think there is upside. Uh, I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I just think with the emergence of LDU and some of the younger midfielders coming through and the way that they're playing through the back line, I think maybe he tops out at 90 to 92, which... Yeah, 15 points upside is not too bad. It's just whether you want to try and chase a little bit more. All right, last but not least, because I, I won't mention Taron Thomas. We mentioned him before. Apparently, he's dealing with a groin is what I've heard. I don't know if that's uh, been out there yet. So, we'll, yeah. let's talk about the last player who I think... Uh, Stevie Fears of the Draft Doctors, our, our guest the other week, had him as his breakout. He's been talking him up a lot and uh, Georgie Wardlaw for a second year breakout. i got to say, he, he's one of the most exciting players for me to watch. One of my favorite players already to watch, just given his burst of speed out of stoppage, just the way he at- attacked the ball in his, um, in his games that he did play last year. Low time on ground, you know, room to grow in the center bounce attendances as well. Plenty of upside. Stato, George Wardlaw, talk us through if this guy can really take us in that second year to the next level. $552,000. It's a tough price bracket. Can he go to the next level? Yeah, I don't. I'm not as convinced as Steve. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I think he's going to improve this year, but has he got the 30 points that I want for someone? that is priced there. Um, that's my worry. I think he's got upside. I think he's going to improve. Uh, I just don't think he's going to do Clayton Oliver or is it Petrarca second year numbers, whoever that was that really Oliver. stepped up. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think he's got that. And McRae, I think, did second yeah. year. The, the, thing working, yeah, the thing working against Wardlaw at the moment is his mid-only status. We could take a fly to Clayton Oliver, a Jack McRae, a Tim Taranto, a Zach Merritt, they all had forward status in their second season, and they all went big. But as mid only, it's a yeah, it's a it's a tough ask. What I'm right, saying, is Steve, Steve Fizz, yeah, he's, he hasn't got his finger on the pulse, that bloke. You right, said that wraps you're up not as north. <laughs> you said you're not as keen as Stevie <laughs> Fizz, but uh, realistically, no one is in the country, uh, Stato. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap up our North Melbourne team preview. Make sure you follow us at PodPodAFL on all your social channels and leave a rating and review this preseason to help us out. That'd be great. We hope to see you on our next podcast. We'll be looking at the Hawthorne Warriors.